0: I moved to New, I moved to New Jersey, um, joined the National Guard here, and I was backing up a humvee, and instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas and ran over the whole right side of my body and my head.
1: What is going on, Men of Abundance? I am Wally Carmichael, your founder and host of the Men of Abundance podcast, the Pay It Forward community. I am so honored that you are here to listen to all of these amazing conversations so that you too can live your life of abundance and prosperity in family, faith, finances, and fitness and somehow figure out how to pay it forward so that you can take your life to the next level while bringing others along with you. Before we get into our conversation, I just want to share with you guys just how excited I am to have the opportunity to have this Men of Abundance to share all of these amazing conversations with you and to share part of my life with you and part of my journey with you and just to have the time and the ability and the technology and everything that it takes that I put into the Men of Abundance podcast and the Men of Abundance community. I'm equally grateful for where it's taken my life in connecting me with some of the most amazing people on earth, have conversations with them, rather for the show or not, and then learn from every single person. And the reason I have so much in my life is because years ago, I started being grateful for what I had in my life at that point in time. And I honestly had a lot in my life at that point in time, much more than I had when I was growing up. And some of you know some of that story growing up in a trailer, a single wide trailer behind another man's house We couldn't even afford the trailer park. You know, there's more to that story, but that's where I came from. And to see where I'm at today and everything I've done throughout my life and just being grateful for all of that every step of the way, so much more has come into my life and continues to come into my life. And when I say more, I mean more opportunities, more relationships, more connections, more quality connections and relationships, more stuff, and yes, even more money. Everything that's in my life today is a direct result of being grateful and giving unconditionally. And since this is my birthday month, I turned 50 on Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May. I am going to be giving huge value to 10 business owners, and I'm not going to charge a dime, and I don't expect anything from any of these business owners but I assure you they are going to get so much out of a 12-week course that I am personally going to run. It's already set up and I'm going to talk more about this mid-show. So stay tuned for that and make sure you listen to our featured guest today because he has got some value bombs to drop for every single one of you. So our feature guest today has come back from drug addiction, alcoholism, and homelessness to running a successful business and helping veterans dealing with health, fitness, and addiction related issues. He is none other than Richard Kaufman, and he's known as the Comeback Coach. And you can find him at the comebackcoach.wordpress.com and on Facebook. I will have the link in the show notes at menofabundance.com forward slash two five two. Men of Abundance, it is my honor to introduce you to Richard Kaufman. Richard, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you. It's been so long since we've been trying to connect, so I pre- I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it has, man. I've been digging your videos on, on your Facebook Live and everything you're doing. We're going to get more into that in just a minute, but where are you at in the world?
0: I'm, I, I am in New Jersey right now, where it's like 30 degrees, so I don't feel bad that you live in Tampa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know I was you know I was in Jersey uh, Jersey area um, uh, Newark actually uh, a couple weeks ago about a month ago now jeez time flies so fast I know we were tra- thinking about trying to get connected down there but man my day was so absolutely 100% jam packed full um like 15 hour days man it was ridiculous. Yeah, i heard it was awesome though it I heard was you had a unbelievable good time. unbelievable event unbelievable experience but um i like to start the conversation with an attitude of gratitude man what do you had to be grateful for today richard
0: um today i actually i actually live an attitude of gratitude every single day because i'm blind in one eye so every day i get to wake up and see out of my other eye it's a i'm blessed so yeah. that you know, that just automatically humbles me every day, so that's what my attitude of gratitude is.
1: there's those little things, man, I mean nothing eyesight's nothing little, but when you have it and you don't think about it um yeah. it 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 becomes kind of insignificant to us until something changes,
0: yep, so other than that, I mean, I'm just. You know you know my, my situation we'll, we'll talk about it later, but I'm uh, every day I'm grateful just to be alive.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful man. So how would you uh, describe yourself?
0: Uh, now humble, teachable, and very empathetic. And that's not the way I would describe myself years ago, but that's the way I just I would think I, that I am now.
1: Well, we all grow. I mean, I wouldn't have described myself today, even the way I would have described myself a year ago, let alone five, 10 years ago. Uh, I've just grown so much through all these amazing conversations that I've had with all these just super abundant, mostly men, but women as well. I've just had the opportunity to talk to some amazing people. Many of them send me me their books. I'm reading one this morning. I just got two this week, reading one this morning. I'm just so blessed to be able to have all of these people in my life and have all these conversations, but they've shaped my mind and shaped who I am and shaped how I think every single conversation that I have. So it's just such a blessing to be able to grow and recognize that we're not who we were five years ago. And I don't expect to be who I am today a year from now.
0: Yep, in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to read my book. So that'll be cool.
1: Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that for sure. So, you know, I already know a little bit about you, uh, but the guests, our, our listeners probably don't. And okay. I want to know, you know, I, I get into this kick in the gut moment because in many cases, this kick in the gut moment kind of changes the trajectory of our life and makes us rethink and relook at our values, our beliefs and who we are as a man. So if you would, share one of those kick in the gut moments with us and really make us feel that.
0: Um, Probably the biggest kick in the gut was, you know, like I said, you know, I'm I'm originally from uh, New Jersey. And uh, I live maybe like 10 minutes from um, the Twin Towers. And um, I was living in South Carolina. And we all knew people that lived in the towers. And I was living a pretty nasty life at that time. And once I seen the towers fall, something broken me and uh, I became a broken man and I dedicated the rest of my life to helping people um, and dedicated my life to the people that we lost on 9-11. And uh, that is my watershed moment because it just broke me down into I mean, I was like a bowl of jelly and it changed my my whole life changed at, at that moment when the last tower fell.
1: Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about this this morning, because I was listening to another audio as I do pretty much every morning after my morning prayer and meditation, I listen to an audio. And one of the conversations was about um, PTSD. And I don't like the term PTSD. I never have. I like the term um, uh, post-traumatic uh, growth, not a distress disorder. I don't like the term disorder to begin with. But if you want to use the term PTSD, that caused that event caused PTSD for many men and women. Um, They're on the scene. And like you said, you weren't even on the scene. Yeah. And it caused a lot of stress for you. Uh, Some people, many, quite frankly, didn't make it through it. They did not make it through that level of stress. They couldn't handle it. What do you think it was that was able to make you, you know, you turned into complete jelly, you, you just become less of a man than you were even the, just seconds before. What do you think it was that caused that? And then why are we here talking today?
0: I think at well, at that moment, I mean, I've always, you know, believed in a God, I've always had a higher power. Um, but I think it was at that moment, he was like, um, you know, you could have been in that tower. You know, you could have been working security at one of the. That, that was one of my plans. If when I got out of the military, was actually to work at one of the security pl- uh, at at the towers. And it was like, I just, I guess he just said, "All right, son, it's time for you to wake up. You know, you've been living your life for the last thirty something years for yourself. It's time for you to start doing something for somebody else."
1: And that that doing something for somebody else is, quite frankly, one of the. Um, things that I strongly believe is ch- brings true happiness in our lives, but it also makes us a much stronger person uh, to be able to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I mean, cause once you stop living for yourself, it's kind of like, you know, all the pressure is off of you because you're just, you're, you're just looking to go help other people. So it's not about you anymore. You know, yeah. it's not about your wallet. It's not about anything. It's just about helping others.
1: Right. And while that is true, it is absolutely very true, at some point you had to have started healing yourself because just like when you're on an airplane and they tell you put the oxygen on yourself before you put it on your child or anyone else, you absolutely have to take care of yourself. Case in point, um, let's look at Robin Williams, making everybody else laugh, making everybody else's life easier throughout his entire journey, but he never once took time for himself. And then yeah. he ends up in a situation that we all know about. That's a direct result of not taking care of oneself. So how would you, how, how did you take care of yourself? I mean, because I know taking care of others is in, it is ther- very therapeutic, but at the same time, what were you doing for yourself?
0: Well, I mean, to go, I don't know if you want to go back to, to the beginnings of my story or, However you want to play Absolutely. it Absolutely. Let's do it. Um, Let's get into it. Well, because like um, I lived, I was very poor. came from a, a single parent home. Uh, my dad hauled ass like I, when he was like, I was three months old. So he moved around a lot. Um, I became an alcoholic by the age of 11 or 12. And I uh, joined the military. I quit school. I only have a ninth grade education. Um, I quit school. Became an emancipated minor, which means, you know, you're an adult because your parents signed for you. Uh, Joined the military at 17. um, Got thrown out at 19 because I was a full-blown drug drug addict and alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Was homeless for a while. Um, How long were you homeless? Probably maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was all because it, it was all my fault. It was just, it wasn't anybody else's fault um i went to school <laughs> funny thing is you know an alcoholic should never go to school to be a bartender that's just a, so uh i went to school and this was real uh, one of the turning points in my life like we're talking about um i graduated from bartender school on like december 18th 19th and like the first job i ever got was my friend friend of mine was a police officer and he owned a bar in Newark, New Jersey, where you were at. And uh, he hired me to bartend January January first, nineteen eighty nine. And uh, everything was going good; beer was flowing, you know, making a lot of sales. They were buying me a lot of drinks. Somehow, I woke up the next morning with like five or eight thousand dollars cash in my pocket. There's a knock on the door, and it was him. He was coming to take me to jail. I actually robbed the place. And uh, I had to come up with the money in 24 hours, which I did. Because I, I gave away like $800 worth of free drinks. So I had to come up with that money. And he said, son, he's like, you're too young for you to go to jail. He says, I'm going to give you a chance. He said, you can either um, come up with the money and go to a meeting today or you're going to jail today. So I went to that meeting. And then he said, "I want you to go to 90 meetings in 90 days." And I did something like 360 days straight, something like that. And I haven't had a drink since uh, 1989 or drug. So that was that was a turning moment in my life. That's when the healing actually started because you got to do a lot of um, you have to do a lot of deep searching. You have to do you know a lot of uh, figure out why why things happen to you. So that's when I started to heal at that point.
1: Wow, Richard. Yeah, that one one really touches me uh, for sure because I grew up with an alcoholic dad and how everybody in my family drank alcohol quite excessively. Um, But what really touches me about your story is that man who saw something in you or at least knew you was too young to go to jail. I, mean, no. I would have just screwed up your whole free... I mean, we all know guys that I personally do anyway that have been through that, and they somebody could have intervened. And it's amazing how quickly we will be, get resourceful <laughs> to come up with resources uh, to do what we need to do in order to prevent even more pain in our life. Uh, so there's just so much to unfold there in that story, man. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's just half of the story, man, because that's why they call me to come back coach, because I've come back from disaster like three or four different times. So, you know, that's, you know, God has really blessed me. And, you know, he's always put somebody in my life when I'm struggling to actually lead me down the path of righteousness.
1: Yeah. And all of those events that you've been through, many of us have been through as well. Many of you guys out there are going through right this minute. And as long as you, you know, in my mind, anyway, as long as you change the story about what it is that you're going through, instead of saying, why is this happening to me or, you know, reframe it and say, you know, what, what, why is this happening for me? What is this going to do for me? What, God, what are you trying to teach me here? Because we all have our crosses to bear. And I say crosses because we're going to have various crosses throughout our life that we are going to have to carry. And some of them are much heavier than others. But there's always something to learn on the other side of that. So out of everything that you've been through at this point, and you can bring up other stories as well if you'd like to, Richard, but what what if, what do you get from each of those?
0: Um, well, like, like one of my mentors and friends, uh, Ed Milet, told me, you know, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Mm-hmm. And that one thing about of the writing this book, it was very cathartic because I had to go into each and every relationship. And it's like I finally figured out, okay, if you've been through, you know, three marriages, guess what? They're not the problem. Mm. You're the problem. You know, and if I go through everything that I have went through in my life that, that was negative, I was always in the middle. So I I was the problem. So that that was the biggest thing, you know, with the whole book and everything. We just, because I wrote it out by hand, literally wrote it on a yellow pad. And I had to sit and think and, you know, talk to people from my past. And I'm like, you know, I don't remember half the stuff that, that went on. And, I, you know, I so it, it became, like you said, it, it. I became more self-reflecting. You figure, okay, well, if all these problems and you were there, you are the problem. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing, you know, in my life is just learning, okay, that's the problem. That's the person I was but it's not the person that I am anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things I noticed right away when you started getting into your story and talking about when you were homeless and you took ownership of it. It was your fault. Yeah. Well, because my mom,
0: my mom wanted me to live there at her house, but, you know, I had to follow rules, you know, and, you know, I just got thrown out of the military. And I'm like, wait a minute, I spent two years partying. Now you want me in by 11 o'clock it's not going to happen. So it was by choice, you know, it wasn't by, you know, it wasn't anybody else's fault. It was my fault.
1: And a decision. It was, it was quite frankly, a decision that you made. Yeah, Uh, exactly. I put myself into a homeless situation over the last year, but it wasn't under, it was kind of because I didn't like the living situation that I was in. And there was a lot of other reasons behind it. I just, I'm a type of guy that I feel in order to make a change, you have to make a drastic change in your life. And that was the drastic change I felt I needed to do. Now, I wouldn't say I was homeless. I was living out of my truck for uh, 48 day or 43 days. But, uh, and that's tiring, man. I, you know, I realized when I was ho- when I was in that situation, I realized why homeless people look so damn beat up. Because you can't sleep. You have to sleep with one eye open at all times. Yeah. And even though I was in the comfort of my truck, doors locked, I would get kicked out of certain areas. The cops would show up, you know, those blue, those blue, red and blue lights. And you hear the cop talking outside your door and then they pound on the damn door. Where do they learn that shit from, by the way? Yeah. Um, you know, and say, hey, you can't be here or they give you a ticket or something like that. It's just, it's exhausting.
0: Yep. It was, like you said, I did it for like a year, year and a oh half. God. Now the funny thing is um, I tell everybody, you're like, well, how? cause I moved from my mother's house into a crack house. So, so my, People I talk to and tell my story, they're like, wait a minute. You were so bad, you got thrown out of a crack house? <laughs> like, you know, that's when it's really bad, yeah. when you get thrown out of a crack house.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's bad. What yeah. th- What'd you get thrown out of the crack house for?
0: Not because, it, well, put it this way. The whole time that I was um, homeless, I actually had a really good job. Mm-hmm. But I would get paid on a Friday. I would drink until I passed out. And all my money money would be gone by, like, uh, Saturday night, Saturday mm-hmm. morning. And this went on for, like, a year, year and a half. And I couldn't afford to pay the rent at the crack house. Oh. So they threw me at the crack house.
1: <laughs> decisions, man. Yeah. It's yeah, all okay. about the decisions and it, it priorities. Was all,
0: exactly. It was, it was all, you know, I always tell people it's always my fault. And it's, even in my book, that was one of the main things I wanted people to realize that, you know, We're all we are is just where we're going to be in five years is the decisions that we make today. Absolutely. You know, so it's just about, you know, stop blaming others. You know, I mean, stuff happens. You know, my dad hauled ass at three months old. All right. That happened. But it doesn't have to affect who I am today. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I used to say that a lot. That was one of my favorite things to say is who you are five years. Who you are today is because of decisions you made five years ago and who you're going to be five years from now is based on decisions you're going to make today. But you know what I've learned is who you are tomorrow is based on the decision you make right this minute. Yeah, it's true. Literally, I mean, not not even exaggerating one bit.
0: So now the second part of my story was uh, I got the itch to go back in the military again. After I got thrown out the first time. I got the itch to go back in about three years later. I rejoined the National Guard. Um, But at this point, because I don't know if, you know, your listeners know that there's a difference between being a drunk and being a dry drunk. And what I was was a dry drunk. I had the dry, the drinker, the drunk is somebody that can use an excuse of being an asshole. The dry drunk is just a person that's just an asshole. <laughs> and uh, that's what I became. I became very angry and very nasty. And that's why I said I'm not the person that, you know, when you ask me what who I was today, it's not who I, who I was back then. And I stayed in the National Guard and military. And I was due to be thrown out again at the end of September 2001. But after that hap- after 9-11 happened, I actually went and begged my first sergeant and my company commander to give me like an eighth or ninth chance. And like I said, there's always somebody always there to back me up, and they actually let me stay in. And I finished it with a total of 24 years in the military. And two years later, or three years later, I actually won Soldier of the Year for the battalion.
1: Nice. Nice. Yeah, I love those stories, man. But like I
0: said, there's always somebody there. God puts in my, in my, my way, to help show me the way and help me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I had great leaders in the military as well, and.
0: Uh... And I still, I still live the NCO creed.
1: No, that's awesome, man. And what was one of the biggest issues that was causing you being so close to getting kicked out again?
0: I I was a wild child. It was just I had that. You know, you always they always talk about that guy that has that wild hair up his ass. That was me. You know, I was just, I I always thought, you know, I know, I knew better. You know, I was better Mm -hmm. than you. Uh, You know, I was, I had the answers. And, you know, as I get older, I realize that the older I get, the more questions I have than answers, (laughs) (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. Questions definitely change the trajectory of your life, man.
0: So that was, so that was the second um, part. my, My story actually has three parts to it.
1: Let's hear the third Uh one.
0: All right. Well, this one is, like you said, it was a life changer. I moved to New New Jersey, um, joined the National Guard here, and I was backing up a Humvee, and instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas and ran over the whole right side of my body and my head.
1: So you was ground guiding? Is that what you was doing? Okay, so you was guiding him back.
0: Yep, and he ran over my, my head, and the only thing that saved my life was my Kevlar. And the funny thing is, it was like one of the few times I ever ground guided with a Kevlar. I guess God had a plan for me. Mm. And um, within a week, I went blind on that in my left eye because of that. And the military decided, well, since we can't keep you, you can't shoot. We don't need you. They medically discharged me. So not only did I lose my vision, I lost my career.
1: Yeah. And 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 a little bit of your identity.
0: Yeah. Oh, it was all identity because, you know, if any if I ever got anybody ever asked me for my ID, it was always my military ID.
1: Right.
0: It was like driver's license. What do you need that for? You know, and the hardest thing for me was actually um, because my wife was on vacation with me and we went on and I actually told her this is the last time I'm actually putting on this uniform. And it broke down, and I got, I got into a really, really deep, dark depression, probably for about six months. Mm. But I didn't use it. I didn't drink or, or use or anything like that. And then slowly, I started listening uh, to, well, po- it wasn't podcasts back then. Um, this is like, oh, well, it probably was podcasts. It was like six, seven years ago. I just started getting into books, you know, positive thinking books. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I started just, all right, I got to get out of this. You know, I, I've come back from everything else. I've come back from the drug addiction, alcoholism, the homelessness, getting thrown out of the military. I can come back from this. So I just, I just came back and I came back harder, harder than ever. And then I got offered to go on a podcast with our friend, Donnie.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Donnie Boyvin. Mm-hmm. And,
1: uh, his podcast it just funny. popped up on my phone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> during this conversation
0: and he was the first one that ever had me on and why he had me on is because you know through this whole time of the drug addiction the alcoholism and all that i've always been in the health and fitness industry and he and we were started talking about that how i have clients that are in the WWE the NFL major league baseball and then we started talking about my past and i kept going try to talk about the future he's like no people need to hear about your past mm-hmm. He's like, that's what's going to hook people. That's what people need help with. There's so many health and fitness guys out there now. But people don't, they need to hear your story. You know, they said they need to know that they can come back. Because everybody loves a comeback story. If Rocky didn't come back, it would have been a bad, bad sequel.
1: Absolutely. You
0: know? so he was and like, came that's you <laughs> yep. and I, so he came back multiple times. Yep. So that's what he said. And like, he was the first one to ever make me cry. On a podcast, mm-hmm. you know, because I told, you know, I was telling him when I broke down and something, you know, God clicked it in me and and I've been a changed man, you know, ever since that. So yeah. I guess that's why they call me to come back, coach, because I just keep coming back. You know, it's I'm going to keep yeah. coming back and coming back. And I, now I want to help other people come back.
1: So let's do that. Let's, let's, we're at the point where the conversation, we're going to pay it forward. So this is where you're going to be able to have the opportunity. I'm going to ask you a few questions and you'll kind of get an idea guys of, of what it takes to come back. But one thing I'll say right now is, as you've noticed, you know, as a, as a, I'm a certified master resiliency trainer. It's one of the things I did in the military is to help families and, and service members come back, you know, and, and be more resilient, um, in their situations. But the each time you go through one of these events, you get stronger and stronger. And you realize, like Richard just said, I came through that. I can, I can overcome this. So yep. let's get into that. Let's get into the pay it forward. Round. You ready to do that? Sure. Let's do it. Excellent. Hey guys, listen, many of the guests that I talk to on Men of Abundance are entrepreneurs, business owners, and many of them are also veterans. It's just the nature of who I attract into my life since I am a veteran. I'm also an entrepreneur and, a bit and have owned many businesses throughout my life and am currently a business owner. And my current business, which also happens to be my passion, is Abundance and Prosperity Business Mastery. I'm a business strategist, a marketing strategist, a life strategist. I absolutely love what I do because I get the opportunity to play a small part in reducing business owner anxiety and stress that many times leads to divorce and suicide. And I want to help more people do that. The fact of the matter is most small businesses cannot afford my one-on-one services. So I have built a 12-week abundance and prosperity business mastery session that I am going to open up to 10 business owners, there, and each business owner is gonna be from a different industry. Each week, we will meet face-to-face on Zoom, and you will get a workbook, you will get assignments, and the group, as well as myself, is going to hold each member accountable to their goals for that week before we move on to the next week. In this 12-week session, you are going to learn innovative business and marketing strategies that are going to take your business to the next level. And I am going to personally hand-pick the best 10 candidates for this course. Don't count yourself out. Here's how to get more information and to be considered to put your business in this 12 week abundance and prosperity business mastery session. Go to menofabundance.com forward slash APBM. That's for abundance and prosperity business mastery. And at that link, menofabundance.com forward slash APBM, you will find a video of me further explaining what is going to go on during this 12-week session. I'm going to have it all listed out there with further instructions on what you need to do in order to be considered one of the first 10 candidates to get into this 12-week session. And I'm sure by now you're wondering what in the world is the investment for all of this. Well, let me just say this. I guarantee you are going to get well over a 500% return on your investment, and you're going to get that in the first couple weeks. Intrigued? Now, go to menofabundance.com forward slash APBM and get ready to relieve stress and anxiety in your life and take your business to the next level and beyond. Now, let's get back to the conversation. So share one to three actionable steps that Men of Abundance can take today.
0: Um, I think, like I said, writing this book really, once I seen it on paper, you know, it's kind of like if you own a business and you're not doing an inventory, you're you're never going to get ahead in business, even in your life. If you're not doing an inventory of, you know, where you're at, where you want to be and where you want to go, then you're never going to hit anything. If you don't, you're never going to hit your goals if you don't write them down. So I, I I think the first thing would probably be have people write down the negative stuff that happened in their life and what part they played in, not what the other people played in. Mm.
1: Yeah, I love it. What gets checked gets done.
0: Yeah. You know, they say the difference between a goal and a dream is a goal has an end date on it where the dream doesn't.
1: Right. Absolutely. What rituals make the biggest impact in your life?
0: I mean, it may it may sound dumb to some people, but um, when I go to bed at night, you know, I say my prayers, um, even though it's, it may just be. You know, you know, thank you, God, for for giving me another day. Um, Then when I get up in the morning, um, I actually I'm actually looking at it right now. There's like four books that I have that I go through every single morning. And then I I do my um, journaling and I journal the things that I want to be, not the things that I am, but the things that I will be. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a man of God. I'm a man of abundance. And I do that almost every day, not every day, because sometimes, you know, life gets in the way. And then I, I, I do a book. It's, it's called, um, crap, I have it right here. It's about keeping my marriage strong, because, you know, I've been, been married, three. this is my third marriage. So I do a, uh, something, is called The Love Dare. It's 40 days to uh, divorce proof your marriage. And I do it like three times a year. Cause that's, you know, I figured a happy home is uh, like, I got such a great woman. Um, she, she's the person that came into my life nine years ago. She's another person that came into my life and saved me. So, you know, I I try to divorce proof my marriage as much as possible. Yeah.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah. Listen, guys, if any of you think that that is dumb or stupid, you need to continue and go back to listen to all the other 200 and some odd episodes of Men of Abundance or listen to any other man or woman that is a high performer and living their life of abundance because 99.9% of them, if not 100% of them have rituals very similar to what Richard just explained, including myself. Pretty much exactly the same. So uh, it's just extremely important. So I, I commend you for that. And, you know, it, it makes a huge difference in your life for sure.
0: And, then, you know, and then also just just want to throw this out there. Um, when I first started listening to the podcast, I kept hearing his name out, out there. Gary V. Mm-hmm. Gary V. And I'm like, who the hell is Gary V? <laughs> and I found out he was from New Jersey. So I actually went down to his father's liquor store when I knew he would be there. And I'm like, dude, we need to talk. I mean, so I talked to him for like 10 or 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I said, Gary, I said, you know, give me one nugget. Give me something to take away from this. He said, Rich, he said, this is something I'm going to tell you. And I, and um, he's like, I tell everybody it. He said, but I think, you know, it's, it's probably the greatest thing, you know, that you're ever going to know ever gonna know you know it's just is that your your journey you know how you treat your family is going to be more important than any money that you ever make you know he said legacy is more valuable than currency and that's stuck in my head and that's what's that's what's changed my life probably over the last almost a year year and a half is you know what is the legacy that you know, that's why I do my videos, because one day my do- my daughter's going to be able to look back and say, you know, my my dad about to help out a lot of people. Yeah,
1: that's you know? beautiful, man. Yeah, guys, if you don't know who Gary Vee is, you should, you probably should, because I've mentioned him quite often. I've mentioned his name, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, from a Russian family, actually a Russian immigrant. He came here when he was a kid. But I'm not going to tell his whole story. Go look him up. But a lot of people get the wrong idea about Gary. They don't they don't hear the side that he told Richard. All they see is his videos and him hustling, you know, 16 hour days, uh, six days a week. You know, he takes his vacations. But anyway, I'm not going to get into this whole story. Go check him out. But understand, he is a family man. He's just got his stuff locked tight, man. So
0: just think about that. If we all lived our life thinking about our legacy, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of our, you know, what the money that we're going to make today, but what kind of impact we're going to make on the world you know that's my goal my goal is to help a million families you know that is the goal that i set for myself i don't know why i picked that number but it seemed like a good number
1: divine intervention
0: yeah so you know like you said you know and legacy you know what is my kids going to think about me Mm -hmm. you know ever since you know that's why if you ever seen i don't know if you're ever into like movies and there's a movie called eight mile and it has with with the rapper Eminem and I was talking to somebody like dude I want you to go back and watch the very ending of that where the kid goes out and starts telling the world everything bad he's ever done and I start and I and I really it really hit home that if I go out and put everything I've ever done wrong on social media people can never say a bad thing about me anymore because I've already said it Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, if I tell somebody, yes, I was a drug addict, I was an alcoholic, I was homeless, but now I have a beautiful wife. Now I have a beautiful family.
1: You can do the same thing. You know, it's, it's funny you say that because when I, I've, I've said if I was ever to run for public office or something like that, I would put in, I do pretty much put everything out there, but I would put just anything and everything out there to completely disempower anybody because Guys, when you have secrets, deep dark secrets, you are disempowered. You are disempowered. Because at some point in some time somebody's gonna find that and they will be able to hold that against you.
0: Yeah. You know, that's why I put you know, everything that I happened in my past, I put it all in the book. So it's it's all on paper.
1: Wonderful. So we talked a little bit about some books and stuff like that and some podcasts, but what would you recommend to our listeners to read or listen to and why? Um
0: I listen to yours. You're 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 in the top top four. I listen to you, uh, Donnie Boyvan, uh, Gary, and I also listen to a gentleman called Ed Mylett, and he's probably one of the greatest people that I've ever met, and he's a, a Christian man, but he's also he he teaches people how to max out their life. So those are the four that I, I listen to on on a daily basis, and then of course so I I have like five books going on at each at all times like I said I've only had a have a ninth grade education but I have read over 6,000 books and I have five and I got five going at like any time that whole ADD thing kicks in so (laughs) I enjoy I that was the scariest thing is when I lost my vision in my left eye that's why um I started I got nervous because I'm like well what happens if I lose the one in my right eye and I got scared of thinking maybe I won't be able to read again. So I actually started picking up a guitar and learning how to play the guitar because, in case I ever went blind, I would still have a hobby that I can do. Oh,
1: yeah. Very cool. Yeah. See, yeah. that's, it's all about the mindset, man. So, yeah. And Donnie's, um, Donnie's podcast is Donnie's Success Champions. So go check that one out. I was actually honored to be a guest on his show as well.
0: Yeah. So, so I like doing listen to podcasts when I'm on my way to work. And I do my own little podcast once or twice a week, just a little like two or three minute snippets of what's going on in my brain. No, so sure. it's it's fun. I love doing yeah. things to be able to reach. You know, if I can just like if we're, we're doing this thing today, if I can just if we can just touch one person's soul, it's worth it all. Yeah. If yeah. we can save one life, it's all worth it.
1: I know this conversation is definitely going to save uh, quite a few lives, at least plant some seeds for sure. Because my podcast at this point, last I checked, is downloaded in 63 countries, which blows my mind.
0: man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you know what? You you have, you know, like I tell everybody, you and God are a majority. You can't lose. So you have his his hand is on you. Yeah. So you can't lose.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I believe that. What do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance? Um,
0: okay. Like I, like I put in my book, um, um, a lot of it I think is what happens to you between the ages of, you know, newborn to eight years old. And I think like my mother must've said this one time, you know, that my father, when he left, he was no good. He was no good with his hands. You know, he had two left hands. They used to say, and for some reason that stuck in my mind 50 years later. And I still think I have two left hands. So I think a lot of it is what has been put into you. You keep playing that tape over and over and over again. And you have to find the courage to to change the tape, switch the tape to something else.
1: And that's one of the lies. It's funny that you brought that particular term up because that's one of the, I'm working on a, on a uh, module for my course in my members' site. And one of them is, and I'm actually going to do a Facebook live on this actually here in this, uh, this week. And that is some of the lies that I've uh, realized over, you know, 2018. And one of them is that, that our brains are developed and to be who we are by the age eight. And then they don't tell the rest of the story. And it was a belief that that's all you're going to be until you die. And that is such a damn lie because like I said earlier, you can change that right now today. You change your story, you change your life. Because those are the lies that you've been telling yourself. Those are the stories that you were told and you bought into and you believed. And you can all you got to do is change your story, change your life. Well,
0: lives. you know, they say, they say that you are the average of the five people that you hang out with the most. Right. So even if you don't physically, like here's a guy I, I follow. His name is Eric Thomas the hip hop preacher.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, Mm -hmm.
0: He says, you know, even if you can't physically be with somebody that you want to be friends with, if you listen to their podcasts, they actually become part of you. So you are actually, your mind doesn't know the difference, whether they're there physically or they're just, you're just hearing them. Mm -hmm. So if you listen, start listening to different things, you know, stop listening to the news Cause there's nothing but negative stuff on the news. Watch who you hang out with, you know, watch the people that you, you spend time with, because those are the people. If you look at their future, that's your
1: future. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Pay attention to the music you're listening to, the yeah. lyrics, everything. everything, all that stuff plays a part into who you are. And if you want to be somebody else, then change your environment.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely. So what does living a life of abundance mean to you, Richard?
0: Have you ever read the book, the uh, by Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad?
1: Oh, absolutely! I've read most of um, the books.
0: Well, well, the funny thing is, in my life, I've actually had, uh, my mother and my my aunt, they were rich sister, poor sister, <laughs> I love it. and um, so one was my mother. She always said money was evil, money was bad, mm-hmm. and of course now, she's got no money. Yeah. Then and there's my aunt that always had the abundance mentality, you know. She always saved, and now she's she became the rich aunt, you know. So it was kind of like I actually lived that whole uh, rich dad, poor dad. But then when my uncle passed away, um, uh, we I I sat and talked with him, and he's like, because he only had an eighth grade education, and he re- ended up re- retiring a multimillionaire. He said, "Son." I have all this money and I can't buy back a single day. So it kind of changed my, my mentality on money. You know, money's a great thing It's just, you can't, you know, and then when Gary hit around the same time, Gary said, you know, legacy is greater than currency. And my, just blew my mind at what happened that time, you know, cause now I got another story. If you have, a, if you have a second, absolutely. And I had two uncles. <laughs> Seems like he's, I got two of everything. Uh, one uncle was just an you know an average everyday guy, you know, m- uh, mechanic, and uh, he was just an ev- everyday Joe. And he lived to seventy five years old, and he just passed away recently. And then I had another uncle. He died at like fifty five or fifty six, but he was a Christian man, and everybody loved him. So at the funerals. Nobody showed up for my uncle. My other uncle that was just the average everyday Joe, only the family showed up. And for my un- uncle that was a Christian man that cared about everybody, that put himself out there, they had to have like two or three services. And I'm sitting at my uncle's, the one that was just the average guy's funeral, and I'm like, what is, what is my funeral going to look like? Who's going to show up? You know, at that moment, I started thinking, you know, I want have to have th- i want to touch so many lives that there has to be three or four different services you know i want some people to just show up just to make sure that i'm dead so i just started thinking at that moment you know what is my my legacy going to be you know how many people can i touch in this world and that's when i started thinking you know i mean i live a good life we live an a, a average life so far i mean things are going to get things are going to blow up quick i know coming soon but it's like, I'm grateful when when you've been homeless and you've lived in a car and you get to decorate your own house someday for Christmas, life is pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of people are like they're complaining. Oh, I got to give out Christmas, you know, I mean, uh, Halloween candy I was like, do you realize you have the privilege to give out Halloween candy? Mm-hmm. It's a gift. And people don't look at it that way. That's why I have a total different outlook on life.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's those experiences, man. It's, it's just those experiences. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, they're like, uh, ask me how I'm doing. I'm great and getting better. I'm not being shot at. I'm sleeping in a warm bed tonight, God willing. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all good, man.
0: Like I had a guy come into my store yesterday and he was complaining and he's like, yeah, I got, I got it bad. I was like, really? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right, close your eye he's like uh okay i'm like that's what i see every day he's like really and i told him my story he's like he walked out he's like i guess i'm having a pretty good day yeah so it kind of just changed his perspective real quick you know
1: i know i, I kind of get people off guard on a couple of my comments because i'm just crazy like that but when i ask somebody how they're doing and they're like uh you know i'm just living i, I woke up this one I'm, I'm sorry to hear that yeah because that's all you got yeah I mean, so that's it or when i'm talking to somebody at work and they're like oh, i got a couple more hours to be here you know hey you got a job you know yeah deals exactly. man you yep. know making it happen and, so
0: and i definitely believe that the more grateful you are the more blessed you get
1: yeah oh absolutely
0: you know because you know, god really says all right he's grateful for what he has let me give him a little bit more
1: yes absolutely you know? i'm a living so, testament of that
0: so, you know, I, I definitely believe in that theory that, like, I, I'm i always looking a way to go bless somebody else because I know the blessings are coming.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know?
0: I'm always looking. Yeah, and I, and I do it all the time. Even my business model is, is, you know, I promote my friends 10 times more than I'll ever promote myself. Mm-hmm. Now they promote me. No. And I don't even ask anymore. Yeah. You know, because I just I put the blessings out there. You can't have a blessing without being a blessing.
1: Absolutely not. So, brother, yeah. we're going to close this up, man. Before we do, what did we not talk about that you want to show our Abundant leaders to get out of our conversation today. Um. I,
0: usually, when I end podcasts, and they always ask me that question, well, we'll leave us leave a nugget. Just think about every everything, every little thing that you do. Is it going to impact? Your, your legacy you now is it going to impact your your future because like you said what hap- where you're going to be tomorrow is what whatever happens you do today and also just to be teach be humble and be teachable and pick good mentors that's a big thing is a picking a good mentor
1: yeah, absolutely. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for mentors and coaches and any of the sort. Masterminds uh, don't don't try to go it alone, man. It, it's, just yeah. too, it's a it's it's a rough road. Like your uncles, yeah. one, one was significant. The other one might have been successful, but success and significance is a huge difference.
0: Yeah, well, like like you know, my one of my mentors, Rob Garcia, the the warrior, the warrior strategist, you know, says you know, a rising tide raises all ships. You know, so we we all got to raise each other up.
1: Absolutely. All right, brother man. It, hey, I'm glad we finally had this conversation. We've been talking online for quite some time, and yeah, um, I'm glad to get you out and share you with our uh, abundant leaders out there, man. So you go out and live your life of abundance, man, and just keep keep paying it forward. Yeah.
0: And just um, let them know. Just let, just let your people know that they can follow me at Richard Kaufman on, on Facebook or hashtag the Comeback Coach. And if anybody is going th- thinking about suicide, they can always message me on Facebook and I will get right back to them.
1: Excellent. Excellent. I greatly appreciate you throwing that in there, man. And we'll have that linked up in the show notes, guys. So don't worry about it. If you can't write that down, I'll just put it in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Just search Richard and his episode will pop up there.
0: All right. Well, thank you for everything. I'm, I'm truly grateful.
1: My pleasure. All right, guys, so your action steps for today is to take inventory of what is going on in your life, what you feel that you can fix on your own, and even then, seek out somebody who is who has lived through similar situations as you, or you feel can support you in any way to at least hold you accountable to your goals, dreams, and desires, and keep you where on track of where you feel you should be going. Of course, other ways that you can find people to connect with is to go back and listen to past episodes of Men of Abundance, but definitely get in contact with Richard. He's got some amazing things coming up, and he is dedicated to assisting you in your life. Now, go out and live your life of abundance, and guys, make sure to pay it forward.